airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And I'm your special guest. <laughs> yes, you're my special guest. She's not fully back yet, so don't get too excited. I know. I, just, I feel like it, it's kind of like we're going <laughs> to just have to we're going to just have to say, I mean, you know. <laughs> this is this is good this is for, for us to kind of do well okay you're sweet to say that <laughs> i feel like it's a test run a test but run? i guess it no, depends on your know perspective i mean you know well, this no is i a mean treat. like to <laughs> 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 you're very very kind yeah. all right then yeah <laughs> I, I can't i'm not gonna you know you know i'm not gonna fight with you yeah i have a special guest Look, I, I was able to work out a deal with timothy uh for you to yeah, come on today that's you know right. it, it just really depends on on him, like how hard. Can I tell you though? I really feel like the conversation you had with him at the boardroom table was yeah. very successful because well. today was pretty much like what. Here's what we're trying to do. This is kind of a peek behind the curtain, right? Here's what mm-hmm. we're trying to do. We are trying to watch this schedulize, <clears throat> schedulize, an okay. unschedulized person, ah. right? We're trying to take a person who, like, literally just like existed without like, you know, gravity. (laughs) So nothing to hold him down. Like he's, he, you know, it was his world, you know what I mean? And so we're trying to uh, kind of put him in a context where there are boundaries, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you have, you know, and, and it's just, people understand it's a slow process, right? Yeah. All of the parents whose patience. kids are like in their 30s, 40s and 50s, they're like, yeah, we don't remember. <laughs> like, you forget. That was you really long do. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot after four years. Like, I'm like, oh, right. yeah. OK, that's right. 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 Anyways. But yeah, you know, but this is a uh, special, special time. You're a special guest. And so well, uh, we're going to in the second segment, we are talking with someone from Operation Christmas Child. Oh, uh, such so, a fun time of the year. Yeah, it's a great, great thing. Uh, but before we go further, I want to just make sure. Now, people know they can download the podcast at AFR.net slash podcast, AFR.net uh, slash podcast. You can go to the AFR.net homepage or click on that tab and find us or whatever show that you want to uh, download. Also, you can email us at Addison's at AFR.net. That's A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S at AFR.net. Remember, you can go to AFA.net slash events to find out about town halls and different events that may be coming up. And remember to uh, continue to share about In His Image and watch mm-hmm. the documentary. Go to InHisImage.movie. Great resource for churches, for individuals, for Bible studies. Uh, just an awesome thing that's been put together uh, on a topic of uh, sexuality. And man, a lot of questions that can be answered. And like I said, we're going to talk with someone in a second segment uh, from Operation Christmas Child. But now more than ever, children need great joy. Most of all, they need the the hope found only in Jesus Christ. We could pack a shoebox at home or build one online and reach children around the world with God's love 
Just visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC for more information. But Miki, today, you know, I want to share something that I felt like the Lord placed on my heart uh, to to share with, with the listeners. Um, just kind of looking at and reflecting on where we are in America, you know, today and, and what we see happening on the political front. You yeah. know, still the elections are, you know, still very much in view. There's a lot that's going on. Yeah. And uh, even though the, the media has called the election, we still know that they don't have the right really to call elections, <laughs> but right. they've called it and people are act- acting like, you know, it's final, but there are still a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that felt like the Lord's pressing on my heart, and I just want to share uh, the fact of the matter is whether uh, there was fraud in the voting or whether there is uh, are illegal ballots or whether the voting system is corrupt, we still have a general population in America that voted for godlessness. When mm. you strip it all away and, and say, aside from all of that, there's still a lot of people who voted for godlessness. Mm. Uh, we still have more than half of the nation, uh, some who claim to be Christian, you know, uh, they name the name of Christ, who voted for the ticket of, uh, of debt. And let's mm-hmm. just be real, you know, sexual confusion, government control and more. So I just kind of sat down and, and thought about some of the things. It's not an exhaustive list. But what did Americans vote for? Uh, even some professed Christians, abortion, uh, even infanticide, um, sexual confusion, government control, minors transitioning to opposite the opposite set, sex, the Equality Act, uh, critical race theory, lockdowns on churches, uh, indoctrination of children, bathrooms being open to all genders at all times. Uh, and again, it's not an exhaustive list. But the moral state of the nation is apparent. You know, uh, when President Reagan ran, um, he won like 49 out of the 50 states. Now we have what we have here today. Like, you know, there's so much division. You can see how how slim the margins are. You know, they're still looking at certain states and still counting votes. So the moral state of the nation uh, should be in our view as people of God. And the only thing that will change where we are uh, is a robust witness for Christ and a focus on our family to bring up godly seed and raising our arrows. I was talking to someone today and I was mentioning that, you know, the people who are able to vote have uh, this time thinking about the younger, younger uh, people. They have gone through the indoctrination centers. They have gone through, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, just uh, high school and, and you know, a college and have been well indoctrinated. Uh, worldview has been shaped um, and they are at a voting age. And a lot of them voted for things that would be against God. You know, and some of them grew up in church. You know, um, we have an opportunity with what's in our homes, the treasures that we have in our homes uh, to, to change things based upon how we disciple our children. And, you know, just wanting them to have uh, not just to do what we say and do this because it's right, but that they will have a true, genuine relationship with God Mm -hmm. and that they will have a worldview that will be a biblical worldview. And that will shape, you know, uh, how they vote in the future, you know. And as a church, uh, our posture should be one of soberness, uh, one of prayer. I was looking at uh, Ecclesiastes. and it was talking about Ecclesiastes chapter 3. 
He said, there's a appointed time for everything. And there's a time for every matter under, under heaven, a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot uh, what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give up uh, as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time uh, to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And I was looking at that and I, in, in America. Uh, this is a time, I believe, for mourning, for weeping, uh, not because of what people are saying or a stolen election or, mm. you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. That's not why we should be weeping. But I think the weeping should occur because of the stolen hearts that's mm. been stolen from the Lord. Yeah. Like the moral state of, you know, this that's country good. has to be looked at. Why are we where we are? Well, the church has not been doing what we've supposed, we're supposed to be doing. And I think as Christians, we got to look at that when you, you're seeing, you know, Christians who are able to uh, vote uh, in a certain way. Man, I think we have we have some serious problems and we are where we are today, largely because of the failure of the church. And we will get where we desire because of the efforts of the church. And the moral decline of America is something we have to to uh, take responsibility for. And we are to be salt and light, like Jesus said. And if the salt loses its flavor, uh, we are good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot. And if our lights are put under a bushel, uh, we cannot give light to those who are in darkness. And so that was just something that the Lord uh, laid on my heart, that when we look at what's going on, we have to really look at the church in America, and we have to say, you know, uh, man, we have to take responsibility for what's going on and what's, what's happening. You know, it's not about, like I said, the weeping is not for uh, a stolen election, but, man, our hearts that's been stolen from the Lord. And, and lastly, I want to point out, and I, and I talked about this before, but there's a prayer in the book of Daniel, uh, chapter 9. And it was Daniel, he was praying. He said, in the year of, of, of Darius, the son of Asherus, of Median descent, who was made king over the kingdom of the Chaldeans in the first year of, of his reign, said, I, Daniel, observed in the books the number of the years which was revealed as the Lord Word of the Lord to Jeremiah, the prophet, for the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. And there's some things in this prayer that really stuck out to me. I might not be able to finish it, but he said, uh, So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and pleading with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. This was the posture and the position that Daniel took because this is what it called for. Mm-hmm. And he said, I prayed uh, to the Lord my God and confessed and said, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and faithfulness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned. We have done wrong and acted wicked and acted wickedly and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our, our kings, our leaders, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Righteousness belongs to you, Lord. But to us, open shame. 
as it is this day to the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away, and all the countries to which you have uh, driven them, because of their unfaithful deeds which they have committed against you. Open shame belongs to us, Lord, to our kings, our leaders, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness because we have rebelled against him. And we uh, and, and we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his teachings, which he has set before us through his servants, the prophets. Indeed, all Israel has violated your law and turned aside, not obeying your voice. So the curse has gushed forth on us, mm-hmm. along with the oath, which is written in the law of Moses and the servant of, of God. Because we have sinned against him. So he has confirmed his word, which he has spoken against us and against our rulers who ruled us to bring on us great disaster. For under the entire heaven, there has not been done anything like what was done in Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses and all this disaster has become on on us, has come on us. Yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our wrongdoing and living, living and giving attention to your truth. So the Lord has uh, kept the disaster in store and brought it on us. For the Lord our God is righteous with respect to all his deeds, which he has done, but we have not obeyed his voice. And then it says, And now, Lord, o, o our God, you who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made a name for yourself, as it is this day, we have sinned, we have been wicked. Lord, in accordance with your righteous act, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and the wrongdoings of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become an object of taunting to all uh, those around us. Hmm. So now, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas. And for your sake, Lord, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. My God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we are not um, presenting our pleas before you based on any merits of our own, but based on your great compassion. Lord, hear. Lord, forgive. Lord, listen and take action. For your own sake, my God, do not delay because your city and your people are called by your name. That's the position and posture I believe we need that as the church in America right now to be in a position and a posture of prayer on behalf of this nation and on behalf of the church. Amen. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. You go before I know that you've even gone. Becomes my greatest defense. It leads me from the dry wilderness. And all I did was pray. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It's great to be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Francesca Battistelli with Defender. Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. We are going to um, spend some time talking Operation Christmas Child. Um, this is a wonderful time of year. Like our family really, truly enjoys this. Um, every year has yes. been a different experience for us. 
And um, as our family continues to grow and, you know, we just, I don't know, as they get older, um, getting more and more input from them is always fun. I, mm-hmm. And I always enjoy it. <laughs> so um, let's turn our focus and talk Operation Christmas, shall we? Because I know that probably some of our listeners, the ones that are kind of more like like me, are waiting to the last minute, right? So <laughs> uh, anyway, it's not about me. Let's let's talk about what we're really here to talk about, how our listeners can participate in Operation Christmas Child this year, yes. uh, packing shoeboxes for the glory of God, mm. um, packing shoeboxes as a tool to minister and also draw people to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to spend some time talking about that. Jackie Hernandez joins us now and... Um, we want to have her share her -hmm. testimony and then talk logistics, talk about how our listeners can get involved and pack shoe boxes. I know that some of our listeners probably will have questions will because of uh, COVID and just like, do we have the same amount of drop-offs and all of those things. And so we're going to cover that. But one of the things I think is always neat is to interview people who have been blessed um, by receiving a shoe box who then go on to work with Samaritan's Purse and work with Operation Christmas Child. And Jackie is one such individual. Jackie, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh-oh. Did we lose her? I think we lost her. Okay, well. We'll try to get her back real soon. Well, just so <laughs> happens, um, if we weren't going to run out of time, I was going to share one of my um, exciting stories yeah, okay. about being last minute with Operation Christmas Child. Well, go ahead. So it seems like this is a <laughs> But so I will, I, but I would like to say Go this. Ahead. You know, it's a it's a good thing also for churches to to get involved uh, yes. in doing so. And we had the opportunity this year with our local fellowship to to be involved uh, in Operation Christmas Child, where the the families and different ones in our churches, you know, uh, receive boxes and send them off. And you know, our church is a is a smaller fellowship, but we we're able to mm-hmm. to get out like one hundred. Uh, shoe boxes, and that's yeah, that's awesome for. You I, know, I thought it was great for the size of our fellowship. I was I was pretty excited about. Yeah, that. it's 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 an awesome thing, and so and it brings even with churches like it it, it does the same with families, you mm-hmm. know, bring together where you're not focused on yourself and the, the children can understand, you know, about giving and things like that. That's but, right. But with the church family as well, you know, it it just brings together. You know, it's another point of unity, and we're doing this as a body of believers you know, um, to, to help our children and that they will receive the gospel. So just an awesome opportunity for churches as well. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, speaking of what you're, the, the point that you just made about kids understanding um, that they are giving, it's really neat to observe personally, our children, certainly the big three um, are in the position where they're explaining to the little two mm-hmm. um, that we're we're giving these, you know, when we're getting these items, because, you know, for a kid, it's kind of like me, 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 me. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really neat to see the roles changing because yeah. with our little, well, the big three who were <laughs> at one point, the little three. Right. right? Um, we were explaining to them that this is an opportunity for you to share. It's an opportunity for you to give. And now I got to tell you, I had a moment. Um, as we were shopping this year to pack our shoe boxes, mm-hmm. to hear our big kids explaining to the little ones, nope, this is not your time. This is not, <laughs> these toys are not yours. This is not your gift. Yeah. We are giving this away. Yeah. And I just thought, man, I mean, just That's to see awesome. the roles reverse there, you know right, what I mean? And right. it was just really, really neat. So anyway, I think we've got Jackie back with us. So let's, let's make a shift. Jackie, are you there? I am here. 
Okay, right. great. It's great to hear your voice. I know that you've got an incredible testimony. Um, whenever I hear people's testimonies or read their testimonies, I can't help but thinking of the sovereignty of God, how he's got a plan and a purpose. And, you know, things can start out looking pretty bleak, but the Lord turns those things around for his glory. And your testimony reminds me of the faithfulness of God. Would you share a little bit of your testimony? And then we'll go into talking about how you got involved in working with Operation Christmas Child. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much for having me a part of your show. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was born to a young mother uh, in Guatemala. And because she was too poor, too young to take care of me, she placed me into an orphanage. And I grew up there for the first six years of my life. And, you know, growing up in an orphanage where there's 80 kids, nothing is ever yours. Everything is shared um, from clothing to food to um, any small toys that we might have had, to bedrooms, to shower, to even sharing a toothbrush. Mm, and wow. I remember at night we would line up and there'd be one toothbrush among all of us and we'd just pass that toothbrush down the line. And, mm. you know, that was our normal. That's what we, that's the only life we knew. Um, and, you know, growing up in this home, there was never enough adults around and so we never got that one-on-one love or attention that we needed or wanted and so at a young age I remember that I just learned to you know kind of stop showing my emotions and I learned to stop crying because if I wasn't feeling good if I had a bad day if I wanted to be comforted I knew that crying or showing my emotions wasn't going to do me any good because no one was going to be there to give me that hug or you know, tell me that it was going to be okay. Wow. You know, it's amazing. Even as I'm listening, Jackie, there, there are several things that, that, you know, come to my mind at this moment, how, you know, when we're packing shoeboxes and we'll get to making the connection um, with you being on the receiving end of a shoebox. I, I do want to get there. Um, but it's amazing how just when we're packing shoeboxes, there are things that we are putting in shoeboxes that, you know, we kind of like second guess ourselves, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I I do want to put a toothbrush in there because I'm told, yeah, put a toothbrush. But hearing what you just shared is like, man, put toothbrushes in there. Like Mm. in addition to those wow items and the items that, you know, are the fun kind of, I want to play with this kind of item. But those practical items um, can be more significant than we realize. Am I right, Jackie? Yes, absolutely. Like Those gifts, honestly, I think meant more to us as kids. Um, than like mm. the soccer ball or stuffed animal. I mean, even though those were loved, sometimes mm. it was just the small things that like connected and wow. made us feel loved and that someone noticed us. Wow. Man, I'm That's I'm awesome. so glad you said that. So yeah. glad you highlighted that. Let's fast forward. So you're just a few months old. You get dropped off at an orphanage um, because your mom cannot afford to take care of you. And you grow up in this orphanage for the first six years of your life. But during that time, you receive a shoebox. Talk about that yeah. and tell us about that. So growing up in this home, usually when all of us kids were called together, 80 of us in one room, it was usually to find out um, uh, like what boy got in trouble and what <laughs> happened you know, to hear the story. And so I remember this day, we're all caught into this big room, and I'm like, oh, man, someone got in trouble again, and we're going to find out what happened. (laughs) But um, this time, it felt different, because as we were sitting there, I I began to look around the room, and I saw these boxes, and I'm like, 
boxes. Why do we have boxes here, and why are they? What are they for? But I quickly saw that these boxes are being passed out to everyone. And I mean, for a lot of us, we had never received a gift before, so we were wondering why they were giving us a box and what was so special about it. But um, as everyone was receiving a shoebox, I realized that. Uh, I didn't have to worry about the boys stealing it from me because they had one. And I didn't have to worry about sharing it with my friends because they also received their own. Wow. And then I was handed my very own shoebox. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's always that countdown, three, two, one. <laughs> bursting with excitement. And we're just so excited to find out what is inside this box. And so I remember quickly opening up my shoebox and, there seeing that coloring book and crayons the stuffed animal but my most favorite gift was getting my own toothbrush wow and it was in that moment of seeing these beautiful items just for me that I realized the song that the Americans would teach us Jesus loves me that that song came to life in that moment Mm. because Jesus loves me because of a stranger someone who didn't even know me, yet somehow they knew exactly what I wanted and what I needed. And wow. that shoebox, it planted the seed of hope in my life at just the age of five. That's incredible. Look, and I, I have to tell you, I'm so glad um, the way you described um, the countdown and, you know, seeing the shoeboxes and, and the anticipation, because one of the things that we got to experience as staff here at AFA mm-hmm. was um, sort of a virtual shoebox opening, which was one of the uh-huh. neatest things I've ever experienced because you pack a shoebox and we have done this for years. I mean, yeah. you pack a shoebox and you really don't know where it's going. Like, you don't know what is happening in the heart of the kid who received that shoebox. You don't get to be a part of the joy of seeing that shoebox open. But there is sheer joy. And it is such a blessing when these kids receive these boxes. And to know, as you just pointed out, Jackie, that so often by the power of the Spirit of God, They receive gifts. It's like the exact gift they need to know something about the heart of the Father. Mm. Absolutely. That's the most incredible part that we here packing our shoeboxes are an answer to a child's prayer somewhere in the world before um, a child even knew that they needed it. So you mentioned, um, you know, the impact of receiving that toothbrush, which, again, I think for the average listener, we don't think much about toothbrushes. You know what I mean? Like for the average listener, we don't think much about um, the fact that we have our own toothbrush, right? right. Like yeah. that you're not, yeah. I mean, like we, we have now six kids, but for the five kids, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, man, you know, you don't share toothbrushes. You know what I mean? Like you right. don't, that's your toothbrush. You don't, don't share toothbrushes. But to think that around the world that there are kids who, it's it's not a luxury whether or not they're going to share toothbrushes. They're just going to share toothbrushes. I'm wondering, Jackie, if you know, if I were to ask you what your favorite item to pack in a shoebox is, I wonder if it might include toothbrushes or if if that might be the thing. Um, maybe my favorite item is to pack toothbrushes. Um, I usually pack at least four so mm. that if they need to share, they have some to give or they can wow. have extra. Yeah. Um, but I also love including a stuffed animal because for me, um, that stuffed animal that was in my box when there weren't missionaries or Americans to, you know, love on us and give us hugs, we had 
that stuffed animal that we could snuggle with at night and carry around and, you know, comfort us with. Um, I also love including a letter and a picture because some of my friends, you know, they got those letters, they would translate it for us, and we, we got to hear the heart of the person that packed the box for us. But we, are, we were also able to see their face. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you valued something and didn't want it stolen from you at the orphanage, you would hide it under your pillow or mattress. And so every night that's where all those letters and pictures would go. And during the day when the kids wow. would run around and say, look, this is my, my family. This is the person, the individual, the, someone that loves me enough to give me these beautiful gifts. This is my family. Wow. They love me. Wow. Mm. So wow. I, Man, you know. I always want to remember that. Man, that's that's powerful. And, uh, you know, that's something that, look, if, if you haven't done it before, this is a great opportunity to participate in Operation Christmas Child. I was just wondering, you know, with the pandemic, are things being done differently as far as collecting of, of, of these uh, these boxes or what's, what's the deal with, with that? So there's uh, on our website, there's um, resources on finding out how things are being processed and collecting and um, the changes uh, because of COVID-19. Um, so I'll just give you the website. Okay. It's um, Operation Christmas Child. I'm sorry, Samaritan's Purse dot org mm-hmm. slash OCC. Yeah. And um, there you'll find resources on what we're doing because of this pandemic. But, you know, we are making sure that we are um, collecting with our masks, with our gloves, the same thing for processing shoe boxes mm-hmm. with masks and gloves and still maintaining um, the, the rules that are set there. But mm-hmm. um, for those that don't want to go out and maybe buy items for a shoebox like they normally would. Mm-hmm. You can pack a shoebox online, which is even more fun because you get to virtually do it. Yeah. And um, it's still the same thing. You pack your gift, you can include your letter, a picture, and you're still sending a tangible gift to a child, but ultimately sharing the gospel. Awesome. Man, I got to share this, um, Jackie. I, you know, when we talk about locating those drop-offs and and just the opportunity <laughs> that we have there, we have packed shoe boxes mm-hmm. for years, okay? Yeah. And we have taken them to all different kinds of churches and had all different kinds of experiences. But interestingly enough, my favorite experience was the experience that we had last year. I yeah. don't know if you would agree with this, Will. Would no, you? I agree. I agree. Okay, so so let me tell you. And this is where I say, even though I am a last-minute person. Um, sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it's really good, right? Sometimes not. Right. But anyway, last year I was, I was behind the eight ball. Okay. And not getting everything done in time, but we packed our shoe boxes and I missed all of our collection drop-offs in our state. Right. But we were going on vacation. And so what I did, because last minute people always panic and they have to be resourceful. Right. I looked up (laughs) some of the drop-off stations in Florida where we were going and we found one near where we were uh, staying for a week and we were able to take our shoebox to a Spanish speaking church you remember this Will mm-hmm. it was it was the it was best awesome. experience we have had where the body of Christ it doesn't matter where you are we are one body Amen. and so we had our brothers and sisters there praying for us praying over these shoeboxes we prayed together it was just such an incredible time and I would say to any one of our listeners if you have not had the joy of packing a shoebox and doing that with a little person, I would recommend mm-hmm. do it. Do it this year. Let this year be the year. Collection week is November 16th through the 23rd. 
you can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC and be a part of this wonderful opportunity to impact a child's life, possibly and hopefully for eternity. We're going to grab a break and we'll be right back. Stay close. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Toby Mack with I Just Need You. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and we appreciate her so much. Yes. I mean that personally. We appreciate <laughs> you, Sherry B. All right. Um, I wanted to double back to what you were talking about yeah. in the first segment, Will the Great. Like, I, yeah. I just, I was jotting down some notes as I was listening to you mm-hmm. um, share some of your thoughts just kind of post post-election and yeah. um, the things that we have to reconcile, right? Like there are things that we have to come to terms with in the United States of America. Yeah. And I think for many Christians, genuine Bible believing Christians, yeah. th- this is a difficult moment. And the difficult moment is not so much the election when right. we drill down. It's what you were talking about. And I was jotting down some notes and man, I, look, if there is a line, if there's a one liner, if there is a zinger, that um, could come out of reflecting on what has happened mm-hmm. um, in the last week. Uh, I think it would be that not so much the focus on a stolen election, but the stolen hearts of Americans, the yeah. stolen hearts of Christians yeah. in America, to say it specifically. And um, I hadn't made that connection until I was listening to your thoughts. And I, again, just jotting some things down. Um, there is a great indictment um, that I think the church has to, has to, Except, yeah. right? Like you, I, I hate to say it. Like I don't mean to accuse, but I'm I'm saying there's a case that can be made um, against those who are challenged or tasked with being salt and light, yeah. and those who are tasked with holding the line. It is not the wicked mm-hmm. that the Lord charges to do righteousness, mm-hmm. right? Like it's those who are righteous, it's those who who fear the Lord. Right. And one of the things that I, I think I mentioned this at prayer, talking about this after prayer. One of the things that, you know, I kind of thought about, and I thought, man, you know, this is really an amazing thought that no matter, and this was prior to the election, no matter what happened in America, there would be two sets of Christians sort of lamenting mm. that maybe God didn't answer their prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Like, that. think about that, right? Like, think, yeah. and, you know, and, and just the thought of like, well, well, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, where right. do we come to rest on that? Well, the bottom line is there are some real issues that were, so to speak, on the ballot. And I think you enumerated some of those. I think you mentioned them in the first segment, the way Americans and, you know, and I want to let me be careful here, too, because being an American is not synonymous to being a Christian. Not at all. Those two are not the same. Right. Right. And so I think we have to recognize that when we talk about Christians, we have a specific definition of what a Christian is, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. person who has repented of their sin, turned toward the Lord Jesus Christ, and accepted his sacrifice, right, as totally mm-hmm. sufficient for them to be justified now before God. Amen. That's a Christian. You're not a Christian just because you're born in America. Not a Christian because your parents are Christians. Not a Christian because you attend church, right? All of these things are great things, but those are not the things that make you a Christian, mm-hmm. right? The Bible clearly lays out, what is required of us to be saved. That's right. 
That's right. right. I mean, the question is specifically asked, what must I do to be saved? Like, <laughs> come on. Like, I mean, the question is specifically asked and very specifically answered. But I think it's really interesting. So let me do this then. Let me just refer. Let me talk about Christians. There mm -hmm. are Christians who I would say um, did not have and do not have the type of discernment that should be available <laughs> to every Christian. Right. Right. I agree. Here's something that I think, and you know, people could take issue with this, but here's something that I think we have to point out as well to the, to the points that you are making. We know that um, news outlets do not decide elections, right? right. We understand that. Right. Um, we also understand that there is litigation that's going to happen. We mm -hmm. understand that, you know, we have to wait for the final say to know what that final say is. But I want to say this, and it's much to the point that you were making, Will. I think it's sad and it's an indictment that that it's as close as it was, that, that there is right. even the possibility. It should have been a and, landslide in yeah. the direction of, whoa, you're letting people burn down neighborhoods. Because it's clear. It's, it, the, yeah. the, it's clear. And so for there to be such a closeness, even in, in this, uh, this race, I think is an indication of morally where the country is, yes. you know, and look, we've talked about it numerous time, numerous times on the show about, you know, different Barna studies about the church mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the lack of the biblical worldview, the, the, uh, the single Christians who are right with commit, uh, fornication, right. like all those different things, you know, have been shaped by a particular worldview and agenda, you know? And so I, I feel like, when uh, when we look at elections, we have to look at it in light of being the people of God. And especially when we look at, you know, Christians voting, I think, you know, for it to be this close where you have some a party where uh, a murder of babies is, you know, just what they do, <laughs> they want to do and even infanticide and mm -hmm. even some of the other policies, you know, that are clear cut uh, things against God, you have to look at. Man, this was close. This is close, though. Like, why is yeah. it so close? Well, people have been brought morally to a different point, like, you know, yeah. over time, you know? That's right. That's right. And which we've said this before as well. It does not matter how many elections are won by those who um, are conservative and, and let's say morally conservative. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how many elections are won by those people you continue to see the country decline. Right. Well, because the culture is declining, right? right. The culture is made up of people. Like, I don't right. mean to personify culture like it's not. It is made up of people, but all of those people acting collectively, right? That's mm -hmm. the culture. And so the collective move and the collective action of American culture leaves much to be desired. Like, if you think about what we have said in this country, look, and, and I want to say this because um, when you were reading Daniel chapter nine, I was just kind of jotting down mm -hmm. um, again, some thoughts, even reflecting on the scriptures, um, the scriptures mentioned taunting, mm. right? Look, if you've got nations that are taunting you, right? If, if mm -hmm. you've got nations that are mocking your election, <laughs> okay, you're in decline. Yeah. You're in decline because yeah. what happens is you've got people who say, wait a minute, they're supposed to be the standard. Like the United States of America, this is not Iran. This is not Iraq, 
right? Like there is, this is not supposed to be the type of like, it's not supposed to be a clown show, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But you've got nations that surround us that are taunting us. I'll say one other thing. And I think this is important for the people of God to understand. I, you know, people whose minds are hostile to God, you know, will reject what I think is even common sense. (laughs) When the enemies of a nation are rejoicing, over the outcome of elections? Dead giveaway. That's a dead giveaway. Like, come on. Like, if you've dead got, like, let's just say, for example, and this just came to me, China. <laughs> yes. Okay. If you've got China who on their social media outlets that they allow for, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you've got their media people that they allow to be media people. Right. Right. It's past the filter test. Okay. If you've got China that's now gloating over the result or the perceived result of an election. Mm -hmm. If you've got, like I was reading one headline, the headline of it is uh, China says to Trump, you're fired. (laughs) Come on. Like, I mean, like at some point you've got to say, Lord, we need your mercy. And even when we talked about, you know, in the spiritual room, the the witches and all those people who were doing certain things to try to, you know, disrupt the election through spiritual means. Yeah. Their giveaway. Like, yeah, that should tell every Christian something, <laughs> you know, that's that's one of those questions. Honestly, Will the Great, that boggles my mind. I, I asked this question um, rhetorically. I, I asked this question um, in a very literal sense. Like if you as a Christian find yourself on the side of the witches. Right. Like, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like you, right. you have a moment where you just kind of like you, you um, look up and you go, wait a minute. I mean, I don't like this. I don't <laughs> like that. But wait, wait, why don't they like it? Like, <laughs> right. like, you know what I mean? You know, right. You're like, what is it that they have an issue with? Exactly. Because they're going to great lengths to yeah. to be successful in their endeavors. And again, what are they endeavoring to do? Hmm. Like, what is it that they want? You know, but we are unable to see this. And why? The reason we are unable to see this is because wisdom is veiled when you are in rebellion against God. Mm. Wisdom is elusive when you're in rebellion against God. It should be something that is right there at your grasp. You should be able to hold on to wisdom, wisdom, Mm -hmm. right? You should be able to apply wisdom. But when you cannot do it and wisdom is the low hanging fruit, (laughs) Truly, that is the judgment of God. That is God saying something. Yeah. So let me tell you what my concern is okay. since you asked, right? <laughs> yeah. My concern is that let's say hypothetically we come out on the other side of all the litigation and it is discovered. Let's just come go with me for a second, right? Mm-hmm. And let's just say that it is discovered that we have um, an election where there was a tremendous amount of fraud. Let's say that we have illegal votes and it is discovered without debate, without Mm -hmm. dispute. Mm -hmm. And, and then let's say, what if the, all of the news outlets have to come back and they have to say, and it has now been decided. This is our president, right? Mm -hmm. Donald Trump is the president, right? Like, let's just say that that happens. Mm -hmm. Here is my question. What happens on the other side of that? Because, see, if people are just watching that and that becomes the victory, then you could lose it again in 2024. Right. Right. Like the the victory must be that people are converted. Yeah. Right. The victory must be that people are stirred and awakened. That's that the the body of Christ. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. That is exactly where I'm going. The victory must be that parents all across this country go, wait a minute. 
Biden got more votes than Obama. So his electorate, like his his base. So who are they? Right. Who are they comprised of? Right. And I got to guarantee you that there are a lot of people who are listening to us right now who have older children who are of voting age who probably would be shocked to realize that not only do their kids stand in opposition to them, but their kids stand in opposition to the word of God. Mm. It's not that they're like kind of gritting their teeth and saying, well, I'm voting this way because no, it's, 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 it's a full on joy mm-hmm. into voting in this direction. Yeah. And how does that happen? It doesn't happen because in the past we've won elections and then we, you know, we had a loss. No, it happens because there's been a failure on the home front. Mm. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. We have joked about this before, but I think it's fitting for us to come back to it. Right. We've said that right now you've got kids who are eating bacon at your table. Mm -hmm. They're eating grits at your table. (laughs) Okay. And essentially they are your enemies. Man. They believe your views are antiquated. They believe that what you believe is mythical, right? They don't they they think that you are outdated, right? They they think that you are a dinosaur in 21st century America. And frankly, they and their friends are kind of waiting for you and your kind to die out. Mm. How do we change? At some point, we've got to say we can't keep farming out our kids to factories that produce the type of people that were like, where did it go? Right. How did this happen? Right. The responsibility is ours. It's we are the ones who are tasked to be salt and and light. It's true. You know, the thing is that there's the there's a treasure right in front of us in our children. You know, we have uh, the responsibility and the duty to raise them up you know, uh, in a godly fashion. We know that it's, it's God who saves. We know, but we can do a much better job mm-hmm. of discipling and putting before them the, thing that, the things that they need, you know, uh, as, as followers of Christ, you know, because, look, quite honestly, and I talked about Daniel and his companions, whoever his parents, whoever their parents were, Come on. they had some type of vision for where their children would be like where the children may be heading because yep. remember Jeremiah, the prophet was preaching and prophesying things was going, I mean, before it happened, you know, and, and other people had prophesied. So there must've been a getting ready or sounding the alarm, like, man, our children, you know, the, you led, they have to be trained, yeah. you know, because they're, they're, they're going to head into Babylon and man, they have to be able to stand. I think we have to have the same approach in America today that man, we know that there's intense indoctrination that's mm-hmm. happening uh, all over, and our children, Christian, you know, uh, children, ones who are in homes um, where where we are Christians, man, we have to have a, 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 a intentional discipleship plan and say we're not going to just wait for the church to do it. This is our job, and the church comes alongside and helps. That's right. That's you what know? God intended. We have to have a different mindset going forward. Absolutely. And look, and and I'll just tell you, if you are not raising your kid um, to sink into the fact, like not to tiptoe into it, but to rest and to be fully comfortable with the fact that if you are a Bible believing Christian Mm -hmm. in the United States of America, you are the minority. If you're not raising your kid to understand that 
and to stand in the midst of that, then probably you are just footing the bill mm-hmm. for the opposition. I mean, I hate to say it that yeah. way, but I, 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 am, I am thoroughly convinced of this. You've got to raise kids who are bold. You've got to raise kids who understand that they are living and existing in an Acts chapter 17 culture. That's where we are in the United States of mm, America. That's right. All right. I know you invited me on um, <laughs> just as a guest, but you know how I get going. Yeah, We're out great. of time. <laughs> Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.